Welcome back listeners. So Josh, in the first segment, we talked about kind of the current state of the crop in both corn and soybeans and what to expect coming up. As we look forward to segment two here, uh, we just wanted to walk everyone through a really actually kind of really fun and exciting uh, event or day that we spend with our reps across Southeast Minnesota. And that is our, our crop tour day that we actually had last Thursday across the area. So I, I like to say it's almost a little bit better than Christmas. It's like the most wonderful time of the growing season for a lot of people. So maybe walk us through uh, just kind of setting them up for what our replicated PKP sets look like and kind of the purpose of that day. Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit, I think in the, the winter months uh, around replicated PKP, something we do in Southeast Minnesota every year uh, here with Pioneer. Um, long story short, these are our replicated strip trials. Uh, so in every case, there's I think this year we had 10 products in there. Uh, so it's eight Pioneer and there's two very common uh, competitors uh, in each of these plots as well. Uh, every plot location is the same. Uh, so it's the same hybrids planted in the same order at each location. These are all farmer planted. Uh, we don't give any uh, agronomic recommendations. So it's the, the standard growers practice. So uh, they're farmer planted, they're practiced. Uh, grower harvested all ran through the way wagon. And uh, basically for us, it's a, it's a way for us to look at our brand newest products. So uh, this year there's two Pioneer products in there that uh, most growers have not seen or heard of. Uh, our core lineup and then the two competitors. And then, uh, yeah, we take that to yield. Uh, LA, you and I have 28 and across our district, we have 70 of these locations. So it's uh, um, really an industry leading replicated plot set uh, that we utilize for training, uh, we utilize for yield data. And then we also utilize it to kind of take a look at what products we need to retire and uh, make room for some new stuff coming out of Pioneer Research. It's always an exciting time to look at them. And uh, uh, Thursday was, was as fun as ever, other than it was really hot. <laughs> it was a warm crop tour day. The heat was a little bit, a bit of a kicker, but hopefully the, the excitement overcame the, the, maybe the heat stress we were all feeling as we walked yeah. these plots. So, so I was just gonna start with maybe the, the route I took to the western side, the west side of 52 in our area, Josh. So we actually started up by Austin, Minnesota. And then we worked our way down to the state line a little closer to Teope. And then we shot back up. We were on the west side of Grand Meadow. And then we hit another plot on the southeast side of Grand Meadow before meeting up uh, with you guys in Fountain. My take on my route was just we were really able to experience the variability and moisture from area to area. So that definitely um, showed apparent from the area up in Austin. And then as we moved south and then around that Grand Meadow area, probably being our, our driest portion of the area. I think variability was unfortunately still the name of the game. Nothing crazy variability wise, just depending on maybe where you were observing corn products as we walked across these plots. Some folks had some differences in, in what they liked and what they maybe didn't like quite as much. What was your take on the eastern side of the tour? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Uh, we started out in Spring Grove. So we worked from Spring Grove to Canton to Harmony and then uh, west to Harmony towards Leroy was was the route we took. Um, in our, our case, we our first location was no-till and um, overall that location looked very good. I think uh, it's going to be a very high yield location. Moisture stress was good. Um, you know, very uniform plots. Uh, all locations, we didn't have a lot of disease pressure. Uh, not a surprise with how dry we got uh, down the stretch. As we got to Canton Harmony, that's where things got a little bit um, kind of hard to evaluate. We ran into some, some pockets in both locations that we had, you know, looked like some pretty severe nitrogen deficiencies. Um, still got to do a little digging into why, why or why not that was. Um, but in both cases, very dry down the stretch as well. So we were lacking some mineral mineralization. Um, so that was a little bit challenging to evaluate those. And, and I, think, I think we've talked about this three episodes in a row around you know, crop nutrition um, is just going to have such a major role in this crop. Maybe 
maybe as big a, as a role as I've seen in the last few years where um, the crop nutrition is good. We see some really great yields where we're maybe a little bit short or we didn't get enough mineralization as we anticipated. And in some cases, we maybe didn't carry over as much nitrogen from the heavy rainfalls the previous two years. But, um, you know, you know, I would say in those locations, we're going to see some, you know, maybe 30 to 40 bushel swings just from a standpoint of of crop nutrition and uh, maybe some challenges there. And that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the end. But um, those are some of the, the highlights that we ran into um, was just really seeing um, some of the dry conditions really firing some nitrogen challenges across the area. Yeah, it's kind of that compounding factor, like you said, of the dry with some of these, maybe it's more of a nutrient sufficiency issue, just really forcing us to not only focus on what we did this year, but we do need to take a look back at what that weather has been and how that's then impacting that nitrogen available for this year. And then what's there this year, we look at these dry factors and you hit on the mineralization point. Um, those are just some things that you are going to see maybe maybe working into some of this firing much higher in the canopy than, than one would like to see at this stage in the game. Um, any other takes specifically on just maybe across the board, any mm -hmm. trends or, or things that we experienced? Yeah, I, I've done this tour. I think this was the eighth one we've done since I've been here at Pioneer uh, in Southeast Minnesota. This is kind of a, a little bit of a unique thing that we do in Southeast Minnesota, but um, you know, not uncommon. We had three products that we kind of rated to the top very consistently, um, which usually there's one or two that really consistently jump to the top as, as you look at 10 products across the area. And usually there's one or two at the bottom that are just, you know, sometimes it's maturity when you're evaluating 98 to 160, maybe some maturity shows up a little bit, but there was no clear consensus on the bottom. It was a complete, you know, every product had bottom bolts. And to me, that shows that, you know, there might be maybe not as much variability, or maybe in some cases, there's going to be more variability than we think, just plot to plot. But I think it's going to be a, an interesting fall as we get out there. And uh, as we continue to harvest, we'll keep, keep you up to speed with more updates. And uh, we'll see you all next week. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060.